everyone. I'm Ari here with Rachel and we're your host for the Merry Writer podcast. This week we're on episode 185 and we're asking how do you avoid head hopping? Before we dive into the topic don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening if you haven't already and if you enjoy the show please share it with friends and feel free to write a review. Okay so I always start with this. Let's start with explaining what head hopping actually means. So head hopping is when within a scene the point of view shifts from one character to another. Now, since most point of views in books are first person or third person point of view limited, and that is where you stay in a single person's head for that chapter or scene, as opposed to third person omniscient, and that is where there's like a a narrator that's telling the story from above, if you will. They are not part of the events that are occurring. It's not a specific character. It's more like a floating head. So they kind of see everything. You'll see it in those ones where it's like, little did John know that death was round the corner. Because we're not in John's head. We are above it and we can tell that he's about to meet death. Maybe in a car park, maybe in a cafe. Who knows? Wherever death wants to hang out. There we go. Where was I with this? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, A quick note on omniscient. I'm probably pronouncing that right. Wrong. Omniscient POV. It can sometimes feel like head hopping because there is a time when the narrator to sort of look looks over the top can actually shift closer to the events and will give the reader a feel from each character's um, perspective, which means there is a kind of shifting perspective. But since most writers don't actually use the narrator style POV and prefer to use first or third person limited, where the characters can actually experience the story within a character or character's perspective separated by chapters, that's what we're discussing. So we're going to ignore the omniscient part. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. I just want to add that, you know, we're talking about head hopping and it seems like it's such a straightforward thing whether you do it or you don't do it. I mean, you're not supposed to do it. You shouldn't do it. But it's actually a lot harder to avoid than it sounds. When I first started writing, I head hopped all the time. And you don't even realize you're doing it. Because in your mind, you're telling yourself the story. You know all the pieces to the puzzle. You know where everybody is. You know what they're all doing. You know what they're all thinking. So when you're writing it down, you kind of forget that the readers aren't supposed to know something or the character isn't supposed to know something. But because you know it and you're just in the groove with typing away, you just end up head hopping. And this is something I learned through my writer's group when I was part of that a few years ago. I say a few years ago. That was like eight years ago. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That just blew my mind for a second. Where was I going with this? I remember in my writer's group a few years ago when I had hopped in one of my short stories and everybody in the group mentioned it and they pointed out which head I was supposed to be in. And then whenever I was in somebody else's head, they were like, don't do this. Don't write this. We're not supposed to be here. Get out, get out Mayday. And I remember they explained it, the host of my writers group, he explained it like having a camera. So if you're filming a movie, for example, if you're writing in first person, the main character or the first person POV character is holding the camera and they're looking through the lens themselves. If you're writing in third person limited, I think the camera is supposed to be like on their shoulder or on top of their head or something like that. If it's third person, um, um, omnis, omnis, omniscient, uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. (laughs) The camera is supposed to be like on a drone and it's like up in the air and it's just like circling and getting everything. I don't know about second POV because no one really writes in second POV. 
but that's the way it was explained to me so hopefully that all made sense that's a good way of doing it yeah that's that's it exactly that it's like a, a drone floating around and it can see everything yeah yeah actually that's a, that's a really good analogy i used to think of it like if you were playing a computer game and you were like first person shooter so you could see you could know where you're going you didn't know what was around the corner and the people if, if your your friends were playing and they were in a different part of the building they didn't know where you were obviously you can't on computers because you can see it but pretend you can you're looking at yeah. your own screen and what you're doing and then there was like if you play lemmings and you're in control and you see all the lemmings and you're you know, do that. But I think yours is actually a way better way of describing it. Well, I think it's great because we all view our books as movies. Like when we're typing it out, we picture it in our head as if it's a movie. So I think having the camera analogy, it just, it makes perfect sense. It's like we're going through the first person character as if they're just carrying a camera around with them and they're filming their life or their journey or whatever they're doing. It's weird that you said that because I was thinking about that, how it is it is a movie. We play it in our heads. When we read, we play it in our heads. But when you're watching a movie, most of the time the camera isn't on one person. It will flick from one person's face to then the next person's face. And I think that's why head hopping is so easy to fall into. Because when we talk about limited POV, it's when we stick to one character at a time. And that is important. It can still be a multiple character story with multiple POVs. But to do that, you need to keep track of whose head you're in and when. So if you're head hopping within a scene, which is possible, you need to create a break in the flow. So if you head hop within a specific scene, it breaks the flow because your readers are trying to figure out who the heck are, uh, they're experiencing the the event through they can fall out of that spell of immersion that you're supposed to create with stories where you're sort of in in the world with them so that's not what you want and it really can mess things up the best way to tackle head hopping is to make sure that each scene or chapter is focused on just one character and make a note of that when you're writing <laughs> it's like in my scrivener file i have the inspector section at the side i think it's called the inspector and i always put a note on with like time of day date and whose point of view is meant to be to remind myself because that can be a bit of a pain one of the issues i had was i would start a scene in a certain pov for like the first paragraph and then the rest of the scene would be in somebody else's pov and it really messed me up and i didn't always see it and i've actually the, the way I, I got around that well, once I spotted that I made that mistake is I wrote the scene twice or the chapter twice and one would be in one person's POV and the other would be in the other person's POV and I've done that quite recently a lot with the my current whip the blessed and by sort of separating the two out and very very actively being like right I'm only in this character's POV and then repeated in the other one it gave me two scenes that I could then go Ah, okay. I know why I head hop because it's actually better in this person's point of view rather than this one over here. So obviously it is double the work, but you know what? Sometimes it actually works because you can get an interesting concept by changing the POV in a scene. However, I'm just going to segue. If we're talking first person point of view, that usually incurs in chapters. That is where each chapter is a specific person and you'll often have like the chapter name or number at the top and then the person's name underneath that. So you know exactly who you're supposed to be following in that chapter. But if you write a third person point of view, that can be different because you can have a better ability to shift to a different character mid chapter, but not mid scene. 
right? We don't want to be in Emma's head in the middle of an argument and then the next line we're in Derek's head while he's screaming back at her. We don't want that. So in that sense, what you would have to do is when the situation shifts and you want to move to the other person's point of view, you would create a soft break. And that is the scene break that's like just a space between two paragraphs. And that allows the reader to know that you've now shifted into somebody else's point of view. Obviously, a soft break is not always to change point of view, just so you know. But that's usually where it happens if you're writing multiple POV. And as long as you make it really clear that you're now in somebody else's point of view, and a little quick point, I feel like I have to say it because you just you just don't know. It's recommended to only do that and split um, a scene with a soft break for two characters. If you have multiple POVs, please do not add several soft breaks throughout a chapter so that everybody's point of view is in there. Nobody needs that many points of view in one chapter. Split them out if you have to do that. Redo the scene in the next chapter from somebody else's point of view if you really want to do that. It should only be like two people. But again, most of the time, I know most people, when they write a third person point of view, will actually still split chapters to be one character or another. But again, that that in the middle of the scene can work if you use a soft break. And that's how you stop the head hopping without the kind of jerking the reader out of where they are in the story. I really agree with that. I think it's difficult to follow multiple POVs for me personally. I mean, it's a, it's obviously a great thing to do. And if you can write it, if you can comprehend it when you read it, great. But if you're head, not head hopping, geez. If you're swapping between POVs, like within the same chapter, that's a little jarring for me. I prefer it to be each chapter. And I just read a book where the chapters sort of alternate between three different POV characters and they're all third person limited between those three. But as I read the book, now granted, this is a book that I was rereading and completely forgot the ending. Between Throughout the book or throughout the series, I should say, it mostly went between two of the characters and every once in a while we would see that third character POV. There is a reason for that. But I remember as I was reading it and I was like, well, this is stupid. It's not even. Why isn't it even? And it bothered me. And then I got to the end of the book and I was like, that's why we weren't supposed to see that character's POV. It was, you know, kind of like a double agent type thing. But it was well done and I enjoyed it. it. I was confused at first, but I enjoyed it and it was really well done. And Ari... When you mentioned earlier about how you were like head hopping in The Blessed and you would write the scene with one character's POV and then write the same scene in another character's POV, I find that to be such a great way to figure out whose POV you should be in. And that's actually one of the best ways to avoid head hopping altogether. And it's to play around with the characters and their perspectives and just figure out which character is best suited to tell the story. Because... Way back when, when I was part of the writers group and I, they pointed out the head hopping to me and they explained the camera, I decided I'm just going to write in first person POV from now on because I thought that would be the easiest for, well, easiest for me to, you know, keep track of. I just needed to worry about the one character and that was it. Well, I chose the wrong character to be first person point of view and I wrote a couple of drafts that way. It sucked. So I ended up switching to a different character, still first person point of view, because I thought that was the best course of action. And I've learned that I really don't like first person point of view. I don't like writing it. I don't like reading it. 
I don't know why I am a third person limited type of person. I don't really care for the other POVs um, in terms of writing or reading. So it absolutely is a lot of work and it definitely is a pain in the butt to try to figure out. But it is the best way to figure out, like to stop yourself from head hopping, get all the different perspectives and point of views and then choose the best one for you to write and also the best one that's suited to tell the readers the story. I agree with that. I am a multiple character writer and I do have multiple POVs in my story. And I'm not talking just like, you know, two main characters. I'm talking some of my side characters have POVs to scenes in my story. And I specifically do that because I'm writing a trilogy and I need to sort of bring them in because they're going to get bigger in the next book. So you you need to start connecting with them early. And that kind of brings me back to another part where it's like, you need to know how important the character is as to why they should have a POV. Sometimes it can just add flavor. And I know there's people out there where you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't bring in another character to have flavor. Well, screw it. Every now and then it works. But if you are putting a POV in, try and have a good reason Again, if you want to add some flavor, that's fine. But that shouldn't be every single extra POV should not just be for flavor to the story. It should have a reason, whether it's to connect you to a reader, to connect you to a character that's coming in later, to find out something that you didn't know, to sort of even hide something that you didn't know by by not showing the other person's point of view, sort of keep it a private and keep it a secret. There's different ways, but yeah, you should have an idea of why you are throwing an extra POV in. Uh, we're not even talking about POVs, we're talking about head hopping, which is also POVs. Give me a minute, I've already lost what I'm doing. <laughs> but I digress. I'm going to go back to my notes as soon as I remember where I am. Right. <laughs> I have to say, head hopping is one of my number one pet peeves when reading. And yet I suffer from head hopping really easily. And, I, you know, I've been writing for years and years and I still don't notice when I'm doing it. And I usually only notice it during the edit. Sometimes I'll catch it if I do a quick read through before I start the next scene. But most of the time I don't spot it until I'm doing a like a full on edit or somebody else points it out and goes, whose head are we supposed to be in? Because that doesn't make sense. So it really is easy to fuck up right, and, and get it wrong. This is not like, oh, you, you know, only newbie writers do it. It's like, no, no, we all do it. It doesn't matter how long you've been writing. We all have those moments of, of slipping it in, which is why, where am I? Wait a minute. What was I going to say? That's it which is why you should have an editing checklist and you should include head hopping POV in that checklist. And all that means is that you purposefully read the scenes with POV in mind. And then you look for telltale signs that you have shifted POV where you shouldn't have. Sometimes I will notice that when I'm writing. And if I do, I literally just highlight it in yellow and put the word, uh, put the letters POV in capitals next to it and keep going because if I'm in a really good, like, you know, mega writing mode, I'm not going to stop to fix the POV. But I'm going to make a note of it with a highlighter because I will forget later and I'll I'll miss it. And I could miss it the next. So it's like, no, just highlight it so I'm aware. I just want to interject real quick. I think that's an excellent idea. When you're writing and you ch- switch over the POV when you're not supposed to and you head hop and all that fun stuff, definitely highlight it. Utilize that rainbow editing. And I do agree. Have that as a checklist. Checklist. Have that as a checklist box on your editing list. I do want to say, though, I think if you are going to head hop, if you're going to allow yourself to head hop, I should say that. If you're going to allow yourself to head hop, do it in the first draft. 
because the first draft is you telling yourself the story. And I think that is the ideal time to head hop and to play around with the different POVs. And yes, absolutely highlight areas that don't seem to work. So that way, when you go and you edit that first draft, you can see whose POV seems to work the best. And as you read through it, you can kind of garner which one you comprehend most, I guess. Also, it's like you're not always sure. Like we've we both said, like you know, write you know, write extra POVs, see what which one works. And sometimes I'll be honest, I have written two scenes with POVs, and I'm still torn between which one to choose because it's like I like both characters, I like the the take on the situation. In that case, ask your alpha readers, your beta readers, your critique partners. To be fair, when they're looking, ask them to keep an eye on head hopping anyway, because um, that's a really good one. Because they might catch it, they might not. Asking them outright, saying like, could you? Keep an eye on any head hopping issues is great. And if they're willing, please don't send them extra work unless you've checked with them first. If they're willing, ask them to if they can if you can send them like double scenes to see which um which POV works better for them, and then you can get like a garner results from people. Do not write your book twice with two full separate POVs and send it to a beta. That's too much. That is asking too much. You can do that. Write your book twice, put it in one person's uh, point of view, put it in another person's point of view. I mean, hell, there are companion books that are like that, where the first book is literally just in one person's point of view. And then the second book is the story retold in another person's point of view. And they sell well. So it's not even like if you wrote both, you could use, you could even publish both as companion books. However, don't over ask things of your beta readers by assuming that you can send them two full length stories of the same story with two POVs and expecting them to give you their preference. That is wrong because it's too much. If they're willing, fine, but you've got to be careful that you don't ask too much of a beta reader or a critique partner. And they might just be those nice kinds of people who feel uncomfortable pushing back and saying no, and then end up taking on too much work. So yeah, don't, don't do that. That's me. <laughs> Okay, so with that, just taking the whole episode as is, head hopping is bad. Try not to do it. There are ways to, to avoid it. And it's mainly keeping your damn eyes open when you're editing and making sure you haven't done it. It's not always something we think to look for. You know, we're all quick to, to look for spelling errors and grammar errors, and formatted errors and consistent inconsistencies. But head hopping is one that will definitely pull your reader from the world, just like grammar errors and repetitive words can pull the reader out head hopping is a big one so definitely make sure that you take the time to check for it don't worry about it while you're writing do it when you're editing unless as you're writing you're reading through and you catch it but uh yeah it's it is a big one and um i have to admit i will knock stocks off in a review for head hopping because i hate it so much so you have been warned people <laughs> okay I forget what I was going to say. Nope, I lost it. I. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Right, with that said, let's turn it over to you guys. Have you been guilty of head hopping? Let us know your answers in the comments so we can chat about it. Remember, we release new episodes every Wednesday. Next week, we ask, how do you find your writer's voice? To ensure you don't miss it, hit the subscribe button on your way out. As always, thanks for listening to the Very Writer Podcast, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Reams of Paper. We're killing trees. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.